Welcome to Bible Center Church. Sunday, October 9th was a very special day for us as we installed our new pastors, Doug and Tanya Leckler. So that you can share and celebrate with us, the audio from the service will be available in nearly its entirety. The following is part one of two, featuring an encouraging word from Pastor Tim Warner of Northern Lights Christian Center. The second part, also available now in your podcast feed, is the installation ceremony itself. Please enjoy this message from Pastor Tim Warner. And all the people said amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. We're so grateful to see you and have you here for us in this celebration. Now we come to the time when the table of the Lord has been prepared and set and the word of God is going to be brought to us by a very special friend, very extinguished man of God and he and his wife and their church and they've reached the world for Jesus and we're honored and privileged today to have him uh, speak to us on this momentous occasion about what the Bible says and look into the future and whatever God has placed upon his heart. But we listen today with intently because God has something to say to us and it's something good. You know, it's hope-filled, love-filled. Amen. So Pastor Tim, would you give him a nice warm welcome and his wife, Sandy, would you stand? Amen, 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 amen. It's our joy, it's our love. Praise the Lord. Are we on? Hear me okay? Praise the Lord. Well, before we uh, get into message this morning, I'm used to a different congregation. (laughs) And I'm thinking here, Pastor Don and Pastor Kurt and Pastor Gary and others who are here, we, we don't see each other that much because we're, we're doing our business so you can be here. And uh, we're doing our business up uh, in Hayward, Wisconsin. Does anybody still remember Doug and Violet Schiltz? Anybody remember those folks? I was their pastor. I was. I was 26 years old and, and uh, I was... I think Doug was probably somewhere, and, and I could say Pastor Doug, but very close people to us. And so uh, I was his pastor, and I remember we were here, we were packed into a little building across the way there, and you couldn't get another person in there. And we were walking out, and Doug Schill says, I want to introduce to somebody my pastor. And they said, oh, Doug, you don't need a pastor, you're a pastor of pastors. And Doug Schultz says, if you don't have a pastor, you don't have any business being one. (laughs) And some treasures we have like that is just so good. Dick and Marion Bensons, anybody remember those folks? Anybody remember them? Anybody remember them? And I, I say that because I'm the editor of the IMA a newsletter called the Proclaim, and 
some of the younger guys are saying, well, they don't say it to me, they say it to somebody else to say it to me, but anyway, they, <laughs> they, they said, you know, can't you be more forward uh, in your thinking? Can't, tell us what's coming, don't, don't bring us back to our past. And, you know, let's go forward, and we want to hear more about going forward. And so I have to ask myself a question. What happens when you forget about your past? What happens when you forget about your constitution? What happens when you forget about where you came from? What happens when you forget the Bible? What happens when you forget the good foundations that have been laid? America, that's where we are. We forgot. Our problem is that we have a short-term memory. We, we have a major memory loss, and, and, and you know, there's some movements of, of bringing our history back, and I say amen to that. Amen. So um, everybody say amen. amen. I'm, I'm going to bring a message to you this morning. I've never spoken on it before, and I've heard it said many times here already this morning, and I want to speak to you on the word amen. How many have ever heard a sermon on Amen. You know, I, I just, be mighty short. <laughs> yeah. So I've gone over this, I've written it, I, uh, I was ready to come here a month ago. I mean, I had the word of the Lord here, I, I was. I was in, back in September and I was in praying and seeking the Lord time. And, and so uh, I've written and rewritten this several times and, and uh and then you, you kind of do all that you can do and you just say, okay, God, you, you just take it from here. Uh, and, and these folks last night, uh, the church put uh, the pastors and elders, they took us to a place called the Phoenix. Anybody ever hear of that? The Phoenix? And fed us really good and were very kind to us and we had some good fellowship to that. So. Somehow you, you're, you're responsible for that, the people who go here. The, you know, the pastors, <laughs> you know, we talk about leadership and we talk about all this. The, the Bible says Moses followed the flock. I don't even want to be a good leader anymore. I just want to be a good follower. I do. I want to, I want to follow Jesus the best I can. And you, you never lead people anyway. You, you follow them. You, you, where they go, what they do, that's, that's what you do. That, in reality, how many have ever heard of a fellowship? A seminar for followers. You know, nobody ever has it, but it is. That's really what we are. We're followers of the Lord. We're followers. People, you know, they're, you're in trouble all the time, and uh, so we help you. We, we follow you wherever you go. We, we minister to you. We build you up, and we're, we're good followers. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. And my name of my sermon this morning is say, amen to that. Amen to that. And I want to say this morning that as we're here, this transition, Pastor Doug, Tanya, Pastor Don, Janice, this transition from one pastor to another, this is, this is a pretty big thing, okay? This, this, is, a, this is a pretty big thing. And, and whether you know it or not, it's more important what happens here than, how can I say this, than what happened in our presidential election. Now, it doesn't take a whole lot to be better than that, right? But um, it's a pretty bad one. That's pretty bad. Pretty bad. But what happens here is more important than what happens in your county courthouse tomorrow, tomorrow morning. 
So when the pastor stood up this morning and said, we're here, let's pray, we're together, that's, that's a signal that the court is open. We're, we're, we're doing heavenly business right now for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God is here, the angels are here, the presence of the Lord, pastors, you are here, and the congregation, we can't do anything without the congregation, I'm telling you. I've been in Hayward for 40 years, and I, one thing I've seen, it has never failed me one time, never. When I bring something to the congregation, I don't care if we need $50,000 for whatever, our leaders meet together, we, come, we bring it to the congregation, or if, and, and, and sometimes it's money. Let's, let's look at something, say we need like a youth minister, or say we need like somebody, the guy who is in the PowerPoint or something moves away. So I bring it to the congregation, and, and usually within a few days, it's taken care of. Always, always, always. So, amen? amen? So let's pray. Let's ask the Lord's hand over us today and just ask the presence of the Lord to be with us. So, Father, uh, you are here. Your presence is here. I feel such a purity of worship, so, so pure. I just sense this huge, huge purity over the banister of heaven looking over us today, Lord. And I thank you for that. I thank you that we're not here, we're not by ourselves. And we pray, Lord, that you will help us to be in sync with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying here today among us and uh, to just be affirming. Thank you for the congregation. Thank you for the people of the Lord. Thank you for the leaders and ministers and elders and people who are serving. Thank you for the heads of different ministries and those who are working with children and all of the various aspects of this house. And we just ask your blessing now, Lord, would you come in this way, in this special way, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. <clears throat> so if you have your Bibles, um, typically what I do is I read something from the Old Testament, I read a gospel, and I read something from one of the epistles, or maybe Acts or Revelation, whatever it happens to be. So if you will... Don't mind following along with me. I'm going to start in Psalm, um, Psalm 106. And Psalm 106 is a pretty long, it's not a chapter really. It's, it's a psalm. And, and so we, sometimes we say psalm chapter this. It really isn't. It's really the 106th psalm is how you say that. And uh, so we'll pick up here at verse 41. And he gave them into the hand of the nations. If this doesn't sound close to home. Those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and Israel was brought into subjection under their powerful hand. Many times he delivered them. Would you say that with me? Many times he delivered them. Many times he delivered and guess what? Many times he will deliver us too. Yes. But they were rebellious against him, and uh, with their counsel. Boy, so much to talk about the counsel of the Lord. And uh, they were afflicted for their lawlessness. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction and he heard their Amen. cry. If you love our country, cry out to God for our yes. country right now. And he lifted up and uh, he remembered them on behalf of his covenant and relented according to the greatness of his mercies. And he made them, and he, and he made them pitied among the nations who held them captive. And then he goes, turns to a prayer, save us, O Lord our God, gather us from among the nations 
to give thanks unto your name and to boast in your praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. And the scriptures often end with Amen. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the past because Amen doesn't only mean like right now or we're affirming this. It means we go backwards, but it also means we go forward. And I'll give you a couple of, of uh, definitions of that. Then I picked this not so much, this is in John 5, not so much that it connects with the message, it does, but I want to show you something, a technique of Jesus, uh, a word that he gave to people. So this is in John chapter 5, and you will recognize it. What are we starting with? Verse 19. And he's, he speaks, uh, I'll pick up at 24. The Father loves a son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him even greater things that you may marvel. For the Father raises the dead and he gives life. Even so the Son gives life to whom he will. The Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. That all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who he sent. Then verse 24 is what I want you to look at. Truly, truly. Would you say that with me? Truly, truly. Now the old King James says what? Verily, verily. Okay, the word truly, truly, the word verily, verily, and the word amen are exactly the same. It's the same word, okay? So here's what Jesus does. He says, amen and amen. In other words, we wait till we say something and then you say amen. amen. So Jesus is like, look guys, this is so good. I got to say amen twice. Amen and amen. And then he said it. So you see, sometimes it goes backwards, sometimes it's, it's, and sometimes it goes forward, but the word amen is there. So truly, truly, I say unto you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life, somebody needs to say amen to that, amen. shall not come into condemnation, but has passed from death unto life. And I want to go to the next part again, not so much that it fits in, but truly, truly, amen, any man, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. If you are a Christian believer, how many are believers in Christ this morning? Your sins are forgiven. That means that you've already been raised from the dead. Now there's another resurrection. There may be more resurrections coming. But he said, you've already heard the Son. And Jesus is like, this is so important. Amen and amen. Whoever believes in the Son. Isn't that amazing? So he's talking about this, this word, amen. And then let's go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, how much I should read... Um, I'll just kind of hit some highlights here. So I'm in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the command of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, to Timothy, my son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As I urge you when I went to Macedonia to continue in Ephesus, Timothy was the pastor at Ephesus, and Paul was the mentor. Paul was the father. Paul was the one who was 
helping him along. And this was a transition, really. Paul had sent him in to Ephesus to be the pastor there. And he's writing, and he's saying, how's it going? I want to encourage you to do that very much like we're doing today. And that he might, uh, <clears throat> to continue at Ephesus, that you might command some to teach no other doctrine but to pay attention, not to pay attention to fables or endless genealogies which cause debate rather than godly edifying which is in faith. The goal of our command is to love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And then drop down to, let's, let's pick up at verse 15. Not that all of this isn't important, but the, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst or the chief. David, or Paul says, but I receive mercy for this reason that in me first Christ Jesus might show all patience as an example for those who would believe on him for eternal life. And then this is probably the words of a song that they sang at the time. Now on to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God be glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 And it's good to be an amen church. It's good to, when you talk to people, to say amen when you, when you hear that. Or I'll say some things today, or when the pastor was up here talking, I wanted to say amen, amen to that. Amen. You know, some of the songs that are, are being sung, it's like amen to that. When, when you hear that, what, and so let, let me tell you what the word amen means. The word amen means I believe this, I trust in it, it is an established fact. It is a steadfast concept that I can grab hold of. It is something that is sure. So when we say amen, what we're really saying is like, oh yeah, that's, that's something that's really dear to me. Oh yeah, I under, I've, I've walked that road. Oh yes, I found that to be true. And so when we say amen, so I'm going to give you A-M-E-N. That's an acrostic. My son says, why do you always do that, Dad? I said, I don't know. It comes to me that way. I'm so sorry. Uh, let's go to the next frame, and you can put them all up. Usually I have a clicker, but if you can, yeah, they're, and they're all up. So that's, that's fine. So first of all, there is an attack on the church of Jesus Christ today. Have you figured that much out? The true church. I'm not talking about the ones that uh, have thrown the Bible away 40 years ago, and, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to keep something going. Uh, and, and they bought so much into the culture. They got rainbows when you go in and rainbows when you go out. You understand what I'm talking about? Are they even churches? I don't know. I don't know. My wife and I were out at, in Boston, and we were looking over this church. And it was a rainbow church. And it was a big, beautiful edifice. And, and it was so beautiful that you actually walked through it. And right over, I mean, closest, less than the distance of the size of this building, say 50 steps across, there's this old, white, plain church building. And there was nothing to it. I mean, it just was, it was like the plainest thing ever. And this other was just made out of rock and stone and beautiful. And of course, they're, they're trying to push their agenda that I'm talking about. And, and so I asked the guy, asked the tour guide, I said, okay, what, you know, what, what is this? I said, you got this little church over here, what, and then you have this big one and we're touring, it must mean something. He said, oh, you asked. And I said, yes, I, I asked. And so 
He says, well, here's what happened. He said, we used to be one church. And he said, we got pretty wealthy and we did really well. And, and uh, in the process of time, we decided we were going to go a little different way. And he said, we have this big, beautiful place that you're in right now, and they're still over there. And I said, well, what happened? And he said, well, in essence, here's what happened. He said, we took the furniture, they kept the faith. I would like to be one of those who kept the faith, wouldn't you? I want, I want to be one of those. And, and it, is, it was so plain, and I don't even know, you know, nobody would even want to go in and see it. But I want to be a person, I want to see a church, I want to be a part of a people group that we're keeping the faith. We're holding on to this faith that, that Jesus, and that's really the amen. That's the amen. You know that in the book of Revelation, Jesus is actually called the amen? They call him the amen. They said, there's the amen and faithful. And so uh, the first thing that we're going to look at is this attack that is upon the church, changing psychology, using psychology, and felt needs. And I, I hope I'm not stepping on people's toes, but people are telling me, are you meeting felt needs of people? I work out on the street with people. They want a cigarette. <laughs> they, want, they want a bottle of booze. They want the 20 bucks. I'm sorry, I don't do felt needs. I, I really don't. I want to get past that. I want to get to their real need. If Jesus just went around working with felt needs and all of this business, the Pharisees would have wore them out and the prostitutes and the drug people, they would have never found Jesus. But what did he do? He, he, he got past all of the felt needs and he went right to the heart with the truth. Do you want to be free? Remember the guy there that Jesus, he was there, was there for 38 years. Jesus comes up to him and he asked the guy a question. And, and then he says, you know, I'd like to get healed. And he says, well, why aren't you healed? And he's like, well, you know, I've been here for 38 years and somebody pushes somebody in front of me all the time. Sounds like America.com, right? And just moaning about all their stuff. And Jesus is like, wait a minute, stop, buddy, stop. I don't want to hear all that. I want to hear all your felt needs. I'm sorry. Do you really want to be healed? It's like, I don't know. I never really thought about that before. You know, do people really want to be healed? Do you want to be better? Do you want to be free? Do you want to walk with God? Do you want to be a Christian? Do you want to really find this thing out? Or do you want to moan about what didn't happen and who got before you? And so Jesus went right to the heart. He went past the felt needs. He went right to it. Went right to the Amen. And the, guy, he, and the guy got healed. He, he went to that. But there, there's an attack on that. In this passage of Scripture, we find that in First actually through the whole book of 1 Timothy, I, I just read it again this morning, and he talks about some problems, marriage, food, lies, gender issues, hyper-grace, hyper-faith. A few years ago, Paul Tucker called me up the first year. He says, you got you to read this book. It's called Hyper-Grace. Anybody here ever read that? It's a real good book. Uh, Dr. Michael Brown wrote it. And it, it's, it's like there's a teaching today in the church, and I'm not going to do too much of this, but there's a teaching today in the church. It's like every sin you ever committed has already been forgiven at the cross. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Don't ever repent because that would do an injustice to God. You're already, you, you would be a insulting God if you ever repented. And it's like, I don't know if you don't read your Bible, guys. <laughs> But I mean, I hear Jesus speaking to the seven churches, and didn't he say to every single one of them to repent and turn, get out of something, go away, right? And so you get these teachings in there, and that's why I want to talk about this, because 
uh, Pastor Doug, you're going to be speaking on this, and you, you got to deal with the issues that are in the, the people. Martin Luther says, if you teach the whole Bible and you don't address the needs where the people are at, you're not preaching the gospel. We've got we've to speak to where people are at. It is uncomfortable sometimes to talk about the sins or talk about the, the, the twistedness we have in our genders and all of that stuff. It's weird. While we're shutting our mouth, they're taking our kids and doing surgeries on them and sending them to California now to cover them so, so that can be a sanctuary state for surgeries. Somebody say, give me a break. Right? That's weird. Where does that come from? That comes from the church shutting their mouth and not addressing the needs of the people. Now, I'm not saying being on a tirade on that. What I am saying is there's an attack on the church, and the only ones who have a message of truth to communicate in this malaise of confusion that we're in is the church of Jesus Christ. We're not mean-hearted, we're not mean-spirited, but we say, this is the way, walk in it, right? I mean, we've gotta have that, folks, we've gotta have it. So sometimes you're going to be a congregational person and Pastor Doug is gonna get up here, it's gonna be uncomfortable and he's gonna have to deal with some stuff, okay? Now that is going to be the exception, but we have to work with and talk about what is happening in our people, in our culture. You say, well, that's not the church's job. Whose job is it? Is, is the government gonna come in there? Is there the Bankers Association of the USA? Are they going to, is the NBA? They've all sold their souls to you know who. And I'm not here just saying this. I wrote a personal letter to the NFL. I said, knock it off or God's going to pull the rug out, out from underneath you. You're not even going to have an NFL anymore if you don't stop that business. Taking the flag away and all that. So I'm, I'm not just saying this. I write to these people. I talk to them. I pray for them. Amen? So we're not just on the outside shooting pot shots. It's writing letters. It's, it's being... a Voice, it's being active when what we're doing. So there's an attack on the church. That is the A. And we need to be able to speak that and clarify that. Let's go to the next one. Secondly, is there are ministries that must be accomplished and performed. There's got to be, and, and I'm going to just pick out four of them here today. And they ended up starting with, and I didn't do this on purpose. They all started with the letter C except one, so I changed the first one. But we need to communicate the word. That means preaching and teaching. We got to have preaching and teaching going on every single service, every single Sunday, every single. And I, I, you have some other Sunday school groups or something that's going on, and maybe today or maybe not today. But you have those. You need to do that. Kids need to be taught. We have our granddaughter who was uh, in children's church, and we have a missions conference on there, I, and I commend you, you actually had it on the board here circulating of our church, thank you for that. And so the teacher talked to all of the children, they said, no, missions is coming, and you, you need to save your pennies, nickels, and dimes, and you know, and so our one little granddaughter, she heard the message, and every single year, she's raising money. She's saving money. She can't wait for to put her money that she's saved. And then she works on projects. Where did that come from? Didn't come from Grandma and Grandpa. Didn't come from, I, I didn't say it from the pulpit. Susie Teacher over here doing her job, talking about the, right? 
it got to the kid. The kid, God, the Holy Spirit worked in her heart. Now she can't wait for missions and to give her money. And she's like, what, five years old? She's seven now. It happens, doesn't it? <laughs> like men know anything anyway, right, about ages and dates and birthdays and anniversaries. <clears throat> so there's some things that need to be accomplished. First of all is communicating the word. So always have teaching and preaching. Are you going to hear a dull sermon once in a while? Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. But not from Doug. But if you go on the internet and you tune in, you're going to hear a dull sermon once in a while. And, and the idea is, you know, sometimes uh, I had this one guy come and he's like, Pastor, can you meet with me? My head was banging. I, was, I just had this headache. It was so bad. You can't even imagine how bad this headache was. I drove and met him at a restaurant. I just, one eye. I went in there and met him. And uh, I'm like, yeah, and he's just pouring out his heart. And I said, so I'm talking, I got my eyes closed, it's so bad. I said, you know, you guys just really need Jesus and, and uh, you need to have your sins forgiven. You need, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to talk too loud because if I talk too loud, it bangs on my own head so bad. And so I have my eyes closed and I look up and they're looking, the, the father and the son or father and daughter, he had his kid with them and, and they're, that's how tuned in I was. And, uh, and, and they're talking back and forth, and they look at me, and they say, yeah, yeah, we want to do that. And I said, okay, pray this prayer. So we prayed this prayer. They got saved, okay? How much did I have to do with that? <laughs> All I did is quote a few scriptures and said, this is what you need to do. It's not about, you, you, and, but what I'm saying is sometimes the messenger might not feel good. Maybe you got a tummy ache. What I'm saying is the word of the Lord must be spoken. It must be taught. It must be proclaimed continually in our churches. The Bible. We need to have the Bible. Read the Bible. Look at the Bible. when we're, We need to get that word in us. That word. That is the number one ministry. Secondly, we need to care for the needs of the body. If you go into chapter 4 or 5, it talks about how to care for the needs of the widows. Now, it's a little bit different in our day than it was back then, but he gives guidelines. You need to be 60 years old, you need to be married once, you need to be one who served the saints and all of that. And, and so what he's doing there is he's, you've got to take care of the needs of the church body, whatever they are. If, they're, if it's uh, at the emergency room or at the hospital or going to their homes or whatever it happens to be, we have to continue to be working on helping people meet the needs of the body. Yeah. Somebody say amen to that. The third thing is, this is a big one, constant leadership development all the time. This is what a pastor does. We look at people, but we look beyond people, and we're like, okay, God, who have you sent here? Why have you sent them? What are the gifts? We have six elders in our church, and every one of them are good men, good men. And I appreciate them. And we have a, a, a trustee board that works with some of his physical needs and stuff. And, we, and that's a changing board. Our elders is not. But the, the other one is. And, but we're always looking for that. Last week, we laid hands on, I'll say, half a dozen, eight, nine, ten people who are serving, who are working, who are teaching children. And, and um, we had some other uh, 
we had some other things. We had some new people uh, come into our membership, and so we acknowledged them, and we prayed over them. And, and so that we always have to do that, constant leadership development. Would you say that with me? Constant leadership development. So we're helping. The church has to have leaders, leaders in the sense of taking responsibilities. There, there's three things about that, but maybe we'll get into that later. So... Um, the, the last one and the final one here is a clear program for missions. And you have one here. I watched your slideshow go on today, and it's, you had our missions conference in there, and then you had Mission Sunday coming up, and then you had these different missionaries that you, God bless you. That's a good thing. Every church needs to have a missions program. I don't care how you do it, how you slice it up, who they are, but you need to have one. Some of your money needs to go to them. You need to bring a, you need to bring a missionary in every once in a while. Let them teach. Let them talk to you. Listen to their stories. Support them. Help them. Pray for them. Sponsor them. Amen? Or, or sometimes young kids go on to these missions trips, and obviously you need to use some discernment. But they need some people to help them to go do what they're going to do and, and to be behind them and support them. And we, we've got to have, other, otherwise we'll just be ingrown and we'll be focused only on ourselves. And this is just me, what I do. But sometimes I feel punky or things aren't going as, and I go out to our we have a missions board that's physical board, and we have all of the newsletters up there, and I just look at them, and I say, if for no other reason I'm here, God bless you, we're going to bless these people, we're going to help these people, we're going to get the gospel out there. What did I just do right there? I got my focus off myself and my issues, and I put it on something bigger and better than myself, what God is doing around the world, and I'm a part of that. Some of those places I'll never go to. But I do go to them. I pray for them. I assist them. I help them. And so we've worked a lot with missions. I had a guy from uh, Korea in there yesterday and a lady from China. And he's bringing in a guy who uh, had a big business over in the Ukraine. And he worked in Poland, had all, the, all this money. He gave it all away. He gave it all away. Got, got rid of his cars, got rid of his a business, got rid of it all. What is he doing? He took all that money and he's going throughout Poland and the Ukraine and he's feeding people, helping people. And so this missionary that I know, he's there and, and he said he didn't even have a car. He was out in California and he went to a junkyard and he got a car with nothing in it, no interior, nothing. Just trashed up, smashed up. He fixed it. And hopefully he's going to be at our church in two weeks. Somebody say amen to that. And it, it's just like you, you hook in with people like that. And it's like, I can't wait to meet this guy because that's a good story. That's somebody who's doing mission work for the Lord. Are you for the Ukrainians or for the Russians? I don't know. I, they're all bad, aren't they? I mean, when you look at and the United States, what do we do? We keep throwing billions. That ain't so good either, is it? But I'll tell you what is good is when God the Holy Spirit raises up somebody to sell all of his stuff and start a feeding program. I want to get behind that. I want to say amen to that. I want to support that. And so as a church, we need to always keep missions in some form. How you do it, how you dissect it, how your program works in your church, let the Lord lead you on that. It's different for different people, different churches. But you got to have missions. you got to do missions. All right, next one. That's the M. 
We're about halfway through, right? Edification. Would you all say edification? So edification, I found this slide here. Local churches edify whenever all members do its part. As the IMA, as the chairman of the IMA, Pastor Kurt would know this, we want every member to be an active member. We want everybody. So in our church is where it comes from, actually, where it happens. Every single person in the church needs to be doing something in the church for the Lord. Amen. Amen. And that's not limited to that because sometimes people will go start a pregnancy counseling center downtown and other people. We just did that with a men's shelter. One of the churches did it, but we're all sponsoring, we're all helping, we're all working together at it. But it's important that we find the gift that every single person has in a church, and that takes time. And then so I had a buddy come up and he says, hey, can we computerize this? Can we take everybody in your church and put their gifts on, in, in, in a category? And then when we have a need, I'll just type it in. It'll just come up. And, and, he, and the more he's telling me, I just said, where's, where's the Holy Spirit in this? <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, where is it where the Holy Spirit is on somebody? And they just say, Pastor, I just feel like I need to work with kids. We got a place for you. I, I just feel like, you know, I'm really frustrated with stuff. But one guy came to me in tears. He's older. He's leaving this world in a few years. And he says, I'm just thinking maybe to start an internet ministry and put the gospel out there every day. And he's crying. I said, we're laying hands on you right now. I commission you in the name of Jesus. Do it. Get on that internet. Start a log. Start a blog. Do whatever you want to do. Somebody say amen to that. And he did it. And people from all over liked it. And so it's different ways. But what we need to do is do something for the Lord. We need to, and I have stewardship and workmanship. The word amen literally means steward. It means to be a steward of a, a corporation, of a farm. Ultimately, the church, Paul uses this word several times. And, and the, the, the word amen, well, I'm sorry, the word edify has that idea of being a steward of God. Are we not all stewards of the Lord? That, that means nothing is really our own, but we, we steward it. This is, this is really not the Lord's church. The Lord's going to put you as a steward. You're, and, and you want to have people not buy into it in a sense where I own this, this is mine, this is my turf. No, we want to steward. We want to partner together and we want to steward. The second thing is we want to be workmanship. The scripture tells us in Ephesians 3.10, after the by grace are you saved scripture, he says, you are my workmanship. God says, you are my workmanship. And we, everybody needs to work. Everybody needs to have that. That's what, that's what the word edify means. It means that we work. Ultimately, it means to build up like a house. And so we, we need to be working. In a church, really our job is to lift up and to lift up and to lift up and to encourage. You talk to somebody and you can tell them they're having a bad day or a bad week. And it's like, just tell them some good things. God bless you, man. I just appreciate you. I want to just hug you today. Thank you for being here. Sometimes in our church, I'm, I'm there and maybe I'm finding direction in a service or something. I'll look at 40-year-old Mary over there, and it's there every Sunday, and it's just like, holy cow, she carries such a blasted anointing with the Lord, and I just go over and I just touch her, and touch her. <laughs> what am I doing? There's people in this church that seek God and love God and are faithful to God and are pure, and they're very precious to the Lord, and I want that on me. Somebody say amen to that. And so we need to, we need to be people who are edifying continually. I'm going to do a, some, one of these days uh, uh, the theme for a conference, Pastor, is edify. 
just, there's just edify. Isn't that a good word? I just see a book and it says edify on it. What's your job? Edify. I'm edifying people. That's a good place to start. Because sometimes you have people, it's like my one uh, buddy, he's had a lot of marriage problems. They're still married, still love each other. His wife came in one day. She says, well, I'm going to leave him now. And I said, okay, okay. God bless you. I said, will you just tell me a couple of things? I said, uh, tell me about when you got married. And, uh, she kind of told me about that. I said, mm. I said, do you remember those wedding vows that you said? Yeah, I said, well, do you mind just saying them to me? She, she says, well, I take you to be my husband for better or worse, for richer or for poor, sickness and in health. She closed her book up, picked up her purse. She walked out the door. I said, where are you going? She says, never mind, I got it. I'm going home, going home to be with my husband. <laughs> Amen, that really happened. They're married today. I was with them this last week. They still love each other. You know, you know what? God is bigger than our problems. He's bigger than our, I'm mad at you. He's bigger than, I don't know if we can do this anymore. It's like the one guy's wife was leaving. He says, where are you going? He, she says, I'm leaving you. He, said, he started packing his stuff up. She said, where are you going? He said, well, I'm leaving me too. I'm going with you. <laughs> we got to be people who are real enough to see we have issues, but there's a commitment that's bigger than us. What are we doing? We're edifying all the time. We're building up. We're going to try to save every marriage we can. Are we going to save them all? I don't know, but I'm going to try to save them all. And we pray. One guy got mad at me because I was talking about what God was going to do in the elections. And he said, well, I guess you're a false prophet. I'm leaving the church. He said, I have one question for you, sir, before you leave. He said, what's that? I said, you have a nice daughter. She's a great friend of mine. My wife and I love her, and we talk to her. We're for her. I said, just ask you a question. If she was sick and leaving this world, had a terminal disease, would you want me quoting scriptures over her healing? Would you want me to pray that God would raise her up? Would you want me to, to like just pray and believe with everything I know, everything the Bible says? Or would you want me to call the hearse? What would you rather have me do? What would you rather do? If I'm sick, pray for me. If I'm off the mark, talk to me. If I'm not going the right way, help me. Somebody say amen to that. That's the work of the people of the Lord. Final is fellowship, and we love it. Talking, being together, bonding together, it is great, and it is powerful. That is the E. Let's go to the N. And is, would you say that scripture with me? Neglect not the gift that is in you. This is in 4.14. Here's what Paul wrote to Timothy. He says, something you can't neglect here. Neglect not the gift that was in you that was put on you by the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Do you know we have a presbytery here? Pastors that are here, the senior pastor, he called us in. We're the presbytery here today. We're the presbytery just like they had in the church. We're a group of ministers. We all have a gift. We all have something from the Lord. We're all here to bless this couple in their new walk, new work, new position. We're the presbytery. Paul says, don't stop doing that. Don't stop laying hands on people. Don't stop praying over people. Right? And it's kind of awkward sometimes. You have an altar call. You've got to have an altar call once in a while, folks. Right? <laughs> Otherwise, what? well, we can just do this in your seat. 
You can, but I'm telling you, I got saved at an altar. I didn't get saved back there. I walked up front. I got saved. They prayed over me, started prophesying over me if I turned my heart to the Lord. My dad was prophesying over me if I would turn my heart to the Lord this night. God would show me what the problems that I had, the answer, the questions of the answers, the answers of the questions that I had. And I'm like, okay, Lord, that's all I've ever looked for. I was delivered from 117.5 demons. The power of God came upon me. The enemy left me. The angels laughed and the devils cried. I'm telling you, I had a time with God. Why? Because I came forward. Somehow, you gotta, you gotta pray over people. You gotta do something public, even like we're doing. We're not doing this in a corner. This is, we're, we're making it big. I hope you put something in the paper. This is the new pastor. <sighs> Put it on the internet. Put, slap a sign next to it. New pastor. We say amen to that. And the prophetic gifts. You ever have a person speak in tongues once in a while? Uh, we got a people. We, we have a couple ladies in our church. God bless them. If I'm sick, I want them ladies praying for me. I'll tell you that right now. They know how to pray, but man, they get going sometimes on the tongues or interpretations. We need to keep that. Somebody say amen to that. Who's who's gonna do that? What, What are you saying? I'm not saying being weird, but what I am saying is let's not quench the Holy Spirit here. Let's not neglect these gifts. Anybody who is healed is healed by a gift, right? There's gifts of healing. We wanna see, is No, it's never us, it's the Lord, it's the goodness of the Lord. Let's allow that to to operate. All right. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the final slide here. I want to say amen to Bible Center Church, what you're doing here. I want to say amen to the work of God. Beyond Pastor Don and Pastor Doug Schiltz, who was here. Pastor Doug and whoever else will join into the pastoral staff presently or in the future. It's not just people. It's not just institutions. It's not just placing. There's a work of God. And that's, that's what I, we had Pastor Don and Pastor Grabo and Pastor Amundsen and I don't know, half a dozen guys when my son Jim, our son Jim, is now the assistant pastor at our church. We had these guys come in, pray over them, prophesy over them. Somebody say amen to that. Why? Because it's a work of God. And we put a great big thing in the paper. We had a guy, a Jewish guy there. We had a Native American guy in there. And all these pastors are, they didn't ask me. <laughs> He take Jim aside said, what's up with all those people you had in, in the paper? What are you saying? We're saying, we got an assistant pastor here. God's doing something for us. It's a work of God. It's a work of the Spirit. We want to say amen to that. Amen. And every single ministry that you do here, everything that you do for the glory of the Lord, every transition that you make, every new leader that you raise up, every part and parcel of the ministry of Bible Center Church and any of its affiliates and people and partners and fellow ministries here or around the nation, I say amen to that.
Thank you for listening to this message from Bible Center Church. For more information, you can find us online at www.biblectr.org or connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash BibleCTR.